We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Woo! Folks, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you on Saturday night. It is just about 7.30 East Coast time. The Dallas Mavericks just completed... A game one surprise against the Los Angeles Clippers coming out and defeating the Clippers on their home court, 113 to 103. Josh, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, That was quite the opening playoff game. Even if you are a neutral observer, I think that was a pretty entertaining game. Uh, I'm kind of shocked the Mavs won. Not that they won. like I knew that they could win and beat this Clippers team because we've seen them at their peak against good teams. But the way they won uh, is almost shocking to me. Uh, and I guess we're, we're going to get into it. Yeah, no. So where do we even start? Because we could start at my main three guys were obviously Luca, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. Where should we go first? I, I mean, almost just talk about them in, t- in like as a trio, right? I mean, they basically... The Clippers threw a lot of different things at Luka. They tried a lot of different things. They started the game off with drop coverage and Zubak, uh, and and Luka torched him uh, as opposed to last year. Uh, basically torched him out of the game. He only played 19 minutes. Uh, Luka hit a bunch of – hit a couple threes, hit a bunch of mid-range fallaways, which is kind of what we talked about heading into this series, is he has a counter now because Zubak guarded him really well at the rim last year. Um so then they kind of switched, they got smaller, and they did a lot more doubling in the second half. I mean, right. I think Luca had 30 points midway through the third quarter, and he finished with 31. Um, and if you watch the game the way it was going the first three quarters, you'd be like, oh my God, well, the Mavericks aren't going to win because Luca was basically their like he was everything uh, the first three quarters of that game. And I mean, he still was really good. It was just in a different way. And Dorian Finney Smith, Tomorrow Jr., Jalen Brunson, they just they made the plays like in that what we've been talking about with this Mavs team for two years now is can the other guys next to Luca on the floor 
make the plays they have to make when uh, they get they're given the space and open space to make plays because of the attention Luke is going to draw to them. And one game in against the Clippers, that's that's a check mark. That's a success. Can it happen every, four more times this series? I don't know, but it was well, it was good tonight. I mean, they made threes and and they made play, they made plays at the rim with Jalen. It was they, they were huge. It was a huge effort from those. Let, let's so so here's here's the argument for it being able to continue. When you have a game plan of X, you're you're saying okay, guarding Luca, we're going to do this. If this doesn't work, we're going to fall back to this, and if that doesn't work, we're going to do this. What Luca Doncic did tonight was essentially show and remind. I mean, it's it's not this is not new, but watching him absolutely destroy the Clippers defense in every way they tried to tackle him was should be frightening. He, yeah. I mean, it should be frightening. He could have scored 40 points if a couple of bunnies would have went down for him or if he would have hit a few more free throws. The passes he was throwing were out of this world. I mean, the I was so impressed with the way his teammates – like, Luka did a really nifty job of leading passers out of doubles. A lot of times what happens when you get doubled is there's a little bit of panic involved and you just want to get the ball out of your hands and then have the ball rotate. He had a couple of plays where he was getting trapped on the sidelines where he threw it to Dorian, but placed it to where Dorian had to go get the ball. And as a result of going to get it, his forward momentum pushed him towards the rim and he scored. And there was no, like, there's not a decision for Dorian to make because Luca is leading him into the correct one. And that's sort of like, like he's a maestro. I mean, I, and, and Dorian's ability to just go with it is something that can't be understated because there was a, a, thunderous dunk in the first quarter where the the Clippers just weren't paying attention and he ball fake put Paul George on his heels and blew past everybody for a jam on the kind of push that the Mavericks don't make and I just I'm so happy to see Dorian be able to do there there's such confidence in his game now where for for two years there's a lot of processing going on where he okay I should shoot here okay I should there's none of that right now and it hasn't been that way for about two months where he gets the ball in his decision has been made straight line drives shot pass. And tonight, like what was he seven and nine from the floor for 18 points. That's hilarious. Yeah. Four or five from three. Um, the trio I tweeted out, but I, we got to say it on the pod, those three combined for 54 points on 19 and 29 shooting nine of 15 from three. I mean, that's the game, right? I mean, obviously what Luca did, but you combine Luca and you get that from a supporting cast. I mean, the Mavericks aren't really going to lose games if they get that on a consistent basis from Luca and from guys next to Luca. Um, I think what was also huge, I mean, they had some turnovers. It got a little, it got a little scary at points in the second half when when Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dorian Finney Smith, they combined for five turnovers. That's not <laughs> fun, but there were a couple moments where you thought like the the, the waterfall had started or the faucet would had been turned on and, and were the Mavericks gonna be able to turn it off and the Clippers got some fast break buckets in the second half, and you're like, here it comes. And, and it never it never happened. I mean, they got off the Clippers in the second half. I mean, they at most had a three or four point lead, I think, was their biggest lead, and they didn't last long. And the Mavericks punched right back, uh, and it was it was just it was it was very impressive. Brunson, I think, had back to back and ones. Uh, yes, in the in the third quarter or fourth quarter. Fourth. I can't no, it was fourth. It was and, when the game was kind of teetering. I think there it was, was around period. the time Kawhi had that dunk on Maxi, mm-hmm. and and you just felt felt things shifting, and he responded. I- 
So there's there was a stretch, and I, I specifically covered this in the recap. Um, at 434, Luca was forced to take like a running jumper because the offense just went broken. And it was the kind of shot that careens off the rim too far that almost feels like a turnover. So the Clippers push, and um, Paul George gets the ball and, and, and basically tries to go score at the rim. And Tim Hardaway Jr. sneaks underneath him and takes what was, what was upheld as a charge upon review. And the charge right after – so that was a two-point swing, two points taken away from the Clippers. That was 97-98. At the very, after the, the play, um, Tim Hardaway hits a three. And so it's nine. It's a hundred to ninety-eight. The Mavericks didn't give up the lead after that. That was the ball game. And mm-hmm. those sorts of plays from people who aren't Luca is how this team is going to shock if they if they do. I mean, you and I predicted Clippers in six, and I, you know, the Clippers are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, and just shot eleven of forty <laughs> from distance. Yeah, I mean um, that's the game. That's that's also. basically the game. You know, the Mavericks shot seventeen of thirty-six, but. You know, it's the quality of looks, the kind of looks. I was, I find myself impressed with the with the Maverick defense. You know, they held the Clippers to 103. This is a prolific offense. But the way that they were guarding was very, you know, Kawhi's going to get his. And he was 9 of 22. Maxi Kleba did a good job on him, you know it's just it's it's one of those things where where uh, you know Paul George played played pretty well but not well enough and the Mavericks got just enough kind of contributions from from their non-stars to really make it to make it matter and you know one thing I also talked about that I think is worth focusing on is people were really mad Nicolo Melli got nine minutes and I understand why it was negative eight in those minutes but with Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba flirting with foul trouble Rick Carlisle had to do something because in this chess match kind of game, Tyrone Lou's not, I don't think he's the best coach in the world, but he's also not stupid. You get four fouls on, on Dorian Finney-Smith or five fouls with six minutes left in the fourth. They're just going to target, 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 target. And that would have changed the game for the Mavericks because the, the Maverick, like so much of basketball is push-pull. And I, I just find myself really, really pleased with the way that, that Carlisle was able to essentially escape with really poor play from most of their big men. Um, you know, yeah. we'll get to, we'll get to some of that down the road, but the, but the guards and the, the ball handlers for the Mavericks were just outstanding. Even Josh Richardson, 17 minutes, eight points, you know, uh, he was three of five from the floor. He could have hit a couple, like he could have had a couple more threes to start the fourth quarter. You know, I know he's probably, he's, he's obviously not happy about his, his declining minutes, but he made the most out of the minutes that he was in while playing with players that aren't, you know, necessarily great. Like, you know, this is just the kind of game where you, where you want to see where the, the starters just outscore the other team. And it was good. It was good. I'm very, I, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Richardson had some really good defensive plays, especially toward the end of the first half. Uh, I thought that the Mavericks perimeter defense played with a level of energy and intensity that we haven't seen most of the season. It wasn't perfect. And there were still a lot of blow buys and the Clippers missed. I mean, let's be honest, the Clippers missed a ton of open threes. Yes. Um, and I don't know if the Mavericks replicate this exact same defensive game plan. If this is not the, uh, like it just switched the final scores like that wouldn't really shock me. Um, like Kawhi missed some shots. I mean, I felt like Kleba played Kawhi the exact same way last year and Kawhi just made everything and he just didn't, he missed a lot of those little pet mid-range jumpers he likes around the free throw line area. 
and credit the Mavs for sticking near him to make that possible. But, uh, you know, I liked Richardson's defense. I liked some of the rotations they made. Um, I like that they kind of helped the helper a little bit more I saw tonight than they do. They did most of the regular season. Um, yeah, the big men weren't great. With Melly, what's really interesting, I want to get back to that, is I don't know. I need to check. I don't have it. I didn't take it in. I didn't write it in my notes. And I, and I so I'm going to need to check after, probably after we record. But I don't know. I think the Mavericks played two bigs the entire game. Uh, I think either one of Kristaps, Maxi. Dwight, Willie Cauley Stein, or Melly. I think two of those guys were on the floor the whole game. I could be wrong, uh, which kind of surprised me because the Clippers did go small for most of the second half. Uh, and I'm just curious. Like, I always thought that the Mavericks would get to Dorian Finney Smith at the four as like a killer lineup to counter some of these other playoff teams' small ball lineups. Yep. And that never really materialized. And I thought with Melly, how ineffective he can be. I mean, he's just an absolute zero on the offensive end. He competes like, you know, he's just he's just overmatched. Uh, I thought that they would maybe ride Dorian at the four a little bit, maybe put play Josh Dorian uh, THJ at the same time uh, and, and with Luca and maybe another another guard like Brunson or something like that. But they never right. really they never went to that. Uh, and that's kind of nice because that's that's an ace in the ace in the sleeve for Carlisle, right? Like he can still that's another adjustment like he can go to that. Uh, so the fact that they were able to win this game without needing to go to that lineup uh, speaks to how well uh, so many other Mavericks played uh, aside from Luca. I mean, it was really, I mean, it was really, really impressive. I mean, man, you're looking at the, I mean, if if the Mavericks get three guys outside of Luca that score 15 or more points, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure that record is very like, they've got to be close to undefeated in those scenarios. Uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah. So that was really good to see. Oh man, I'm not even sure what else I want to talk about because it just it feels like there's a lot that could be written. You know, at one of my friends, Sean Hyken, tell me he just wasn't that interested in these series, and I just thought this game was very much a chess match. Um, uh, playoff Paul George was particularly odd. Um, he finished eight of eighteen, but I thought both uh, Josh Richardson and Dorian did a really good job on him. And he seems to be such a rhythm guy where if you mess with him early, he just, it takes him a while to get going. Um, You know, they got really solid. Like the Clippers just got solid production. If you look at their bench, they got enough guys where, where things were working, where I thought it was, it was fun was and and just insane to me that the Clippers started with Patrick Beverly on Luca. Yeah, that Um, was nonsense. I mean, we've talked about this, but, Patrick Beverly got put out of the series by Luca last year. It was a knee injury or whatever that was lingering, but Luca basically shut the door on him playing because he scored 10 points on him in less than a minute and he was never seen again. And that <laughs> almost happened again tonight where it was like five points on two, like two posts up and then and one. And it's just like, what are you guys doing? You can't let Luca get going like this. They started small, then they went big and they just, they didn't really have like Luca's just when he's in his bag, this is why we get so mad when he's not with it because when he's in it, it doesn't like he's unbeatable. He's just, he's so incredible. Like there's probably four guys in the league that might really, you know, be able to do something to him. And one of them was on this team, frankly, and it was not particularly bothersome. I'm just, I just find myself in awe of the fact that Carlisle was able to, to kind of game plan for this. And that, 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 then, then the Mavericks, you know, the other Mavericks were really able to execute. And that includes an absolute stinker of a game from Chris Dapps. Um, Yeah who was bad for all of, but like he started the game really good. 
he he scored a nice opening jumper and then he had something he had some free throws go down it's the most free throws he shot in a game in a long time six free throws um he he didn't rebound four rebounds in 36 minutes at one point it was two rebounds in 28 minutes uh and he just his defense was his defense was the defense we've been critical of there's no reason to kind of like circle back around on it but anybody that was hoping for him to look spry he was he was not it where and he didn't compete particularly hard on rebounds and those sorts of things but they stuck with him and then he was in that fourth when things were important when they were breaking things he got and he rolled to the hoop and got a dunk and I'm trying. Yep. I don't want to be sarcastic about this because, frankly, it's awesome. But I just don't understand why that doesn't happen more. He's got good hands. Um, and then he finished with a thunderous dunk to kind of put the game fully out of reach as the Mavericks broke the trap. And and he was part of the win. And I'm very pleased about that. Yeah, because from quarters, the second and third quarters, where I mean, is there a way to be more invisible? Uh, than he was in those seconds. I don't think he made a basket from the first quarter no. until he got that dunk in the fourth, in the yeah. final he five minutes out, of the fourth quarter. He started out two of two. He missed his next nine and then yeah. made his last two. And I know Kawhi was on him for, for a good portion of that, but uh, in the fourth quarter, he was being guarded by uh, Beverly, Rondo, Batum. Like, like I know that's going to be something that maybe people are going to be like, well, Kawhi was on him and, and he just kind of canceled him out. It's like, he yeah, did. but he did, but he had opportunities, let's just say, against other defenders that were not quite. Uh, and if you're paying, you know, he just has to be better, you know? Like, he just – they have to get more out of him. And you saw when, the, you know, in the fourth quarter, he was two of three from the floor with two free throws made, six points. Uh, like, you see what it looks like when he does contribute. Uh, and, you know, they kind of did the weird thing where they kind of s- slowed up the offense to give him the ball, and he yeah, shot back they get, they terrible got jumpers. Looks. And it yeah. just didn't go. Yeah, and you know, he has to like it, it has to be better. Like, I don't know if the Mavericks can win three more games, and he plays like he played uh, today, like this afternoon. No. Like that's no, they they can't. But they need him. That's uh, why stealing this one was so fascinating. I think right. because now they're essentially playing winning next the next three out of the next six, um, and that to me is is exceptionally interesting. With um, the Mavericks having basically a full arena for their home, home games court, compared yeah. to what the Clippers had, which was more than normal, but it's not going to be it's not going to be comparable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two home arenas. Uh, I know we're kind of I'm, I'm I kind of got a dump, bunch of different thoughts in my head. Where we're just talking about KP. Uh, I'm glad we got to that. But something I'm looking at. I'm just looking at stuff. Um, Kirk uh, Luca was 0 for five in the fourth quarter. <laughs> one point. Uh, and the Mavericks That's incredible. Went, they went, and it wasn't like a down to the wire win. Like it was a close win, but they, they had it. And they had it under control in the last minute of the game. Um, that goes to show. Dorian was two of two, uh, and Tim Hardaway Jr. was two of three. Jalen was two of three. Uh, so those guys did it. Brunson made scored nine points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Finney Smith and Hardaway Jr. had eleven. Uh, so that's 20 points, I think, from them in, in the in the fourth quarter while Luca had nothing. And I think what was really interesting about this game was it didn't feel like the Maver- – like it felt like the Mavericks handled every, uh, str- you know, adjustment that the Clippers made. Like Luca looked fine against the drop coverage in Zubak compared to last year where he struggled. Then the Clippers switched to that, and they went small, and they switched a lot. Felt like Luca handled that perfectly fine. 
then they went to doubling him basically the entire fourth quarter, and Luca only had three turnovers tonight, uh, and he got doubled almost every time he touched the ball on the floor. So uh, the way that Luca and then the Mavericks as a team were able to just handle every single different thing the Clippers threw at them was wildly impressive to me. And I'm going to be very curious to see what they do because one thing that I was very interested in, I talk, I, either I talked about this with you or I talked about this with Sabrina. If the Mavericks have to figure out a way to stop Luka versus the Ma- – or I'm sorry, if the Clippers have to find a way to stop Luka and that is kind of both the narrative bent and the, the um, bent of what's happening on the floor – uh, or in the in in terms of of the schematics and the you know just basically the strategy that changes things because it then it's we're no longer sitting here discussing and fretting about how to beat uh, Maxi Kleba or uh, how 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 Maxi Kleba is supposed to guard uh, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Sorry, I'm off my game. I'm staring out the window. Um, I've, <laughs> it's just, I'm just kind of overwhelmed with with this because I was really hoping for this, but it just it's been such a long time since the Mavericks came out and and. Did something like this. I mean, it was the you know game four against the Clippers last year where they really surprised me. So I'm I'm just I'm psyched. But this just there's a lot of ways that this can go, and I think that's awesome. And and I'm really looking forward to what's next. Yeah, and then I uh, my final thing I want to say before I, I can tell sensing we need to get out of here. You need to eat some dinner. We've already been <laughs> talking for twenty minutes or so, I think. Uh, is the the stark difference in the both teams? I think basically ran the same type of defense in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Clippers basically doubled Luca all the time, and the Mavericks doubled Kawhi all the time. And I thought it was very, very interesting to see how both teams reacted to when their stars got doubled. And the Mavericks made the Clippers pay, and the Clippers did not. And I think a lot of that is you look at this Clippers roster, and yeah. They have a ton of shooters and they have a ton of scorers, but they are just do not have a true playmaker creator. And Kawhi and Paul George are really, really freaking good for the archetype of players that they are for the wing, you know, for big wing scorers and shooters. But they're not they're not point guards. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's you know, Reggie Jackson is not a floor general point guard. The closest is Rondo, and I mean, honestly, I would not be shocked if Rondo played more because. When Kawhi got doubled, he is not the kind of guy that is going to get a teammate open in the perfect position every single time or with the accuracy that, like, Luka can. Uh, and yeah. I thought that gummed up their offense a lot. And I thought when guys got the ball, they didn't know where to go with it. Uh, and I I just think the Clippers it looked like for so much of the second half, looked like they are missing, like, you know, they look like they're missing a playmaker, not in the sense of someone that can get a bucket, just someone that can that can get someone open or set someone up or keep the ball moving. Like, it, it they just looked a little flustered when when Kawhi wasn't able to be Terminator. Yeah. Yep. So and we'll see how that goes going forward. Yeah, because it, when Kawhi started making shots in the first quarter, my first thought was, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it looked just like last year. I mean, what he had like eight, 18 in the first half or something mm-hmm. close to that, I think. Mm-hmm. So, really something yeah. to it. Well, okay. So we'll be doing a ton of stuff at Mavs Moneyball. Um, I will probably do a post-game locker room, but I don't know what time. Uh, we have a lot of coverage planned. Well, Josh and I may get together after thinking about this before game two, because the game two is Tuesday night at 9.30 p.m. So the Mavericks have quite literally uh, two... They have two plus days to rest and figure stuff out, which is huge for a team that was very tired. And uh, 
man, talk about, you know, I haven't watched the playing games the last several days. It's very good the Mavericks got to that spot because they needed the rest. And, <laughs> yes. And it, it paid off. I mean, Luca so. looked completely different than he did in May. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was everything. Yep. So. Well, excellent. This has been fun. Uh, you know, keep coming back to MavsMoneyBall.com. You know, check out all, you know, consume all this playoff coverage, guys. It's it's going to be, it, there's all sorts of stuff going on. This is going to be fun. Uh, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow with Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends. That sort of stuff really helps us. And we will talk to you guys in a couple of days. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.